Welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Convos from the Couch by Life Stance Health. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and in honor of LGBTQ plus Pride Month, I'll be talking with my fellow clinicians, Melanie Falls and Denise Gall, about the portrayals of LGBTQ plus individuals in the media. So welcome, Denise. Welcome, Melanie. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thank Glad you. Glad to be here. So let me share this. According to the GLADS, where, where are we on TV's 2023 report? The number of queer inclusive films has grown by 50% in the past decade. And the number of LGBTQ plus characters on TV, cable and streaming services has also increased by 20% in the last decade. And we know we've seen a steady increase of queer characters being portrayed more positively over the years, but we know there's still more work to be done. So I really look forward to our conversation today as we talk about our views of the positive negative portrayals of queer representation in the media. So. Great to have you both on. Let's start with Denise. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Denise Goff. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor with Life Stance in Bloomington, Illinois. I earned my master's degree in clinical counseling psychology from Illinois State University. I've worked in community mental health centers and inpatient and outpatient addiction recovery settings for many years. And I specialize in counseling clients within the LGBTQ plus community. I also serve on the Illinois DEI Life Stance Health co-chair. I'm the co-chair of the committee this year. Right. And in the past, I was a chairperson of what was known at the time as Gay People's Alliance, which is now Pride at mm. Illinois State University in Normal, Illinois. And I also volunteered with the McLean County AIDS Task Force for 15 years wow. and served on their board of directors. And I'm also married to a woman whom I've known for 33 years. Nice. Great. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Denise. Thank you. What about you, Melanie? Tell us about you. Yes, Melanie Falls, she, her. I've been working in this area for about 30 plus years. I'm a licensed independent social worker. Had a lot of ex- general experience in terms of managing an agency for a few years and doing general therapy with all kinds of people. However, my one of my major focuses is on LGBTQIA people. I am a lesbian married to the love of my life for, well, married now for 18 years because it could be legal, but together for almost 28 years. I have done a lot of work with the LGBTQIA community. I was the chair of Equality Ohio for a number of years back around 2008-9. And most recently, I am on the National Board of Directors for the Human Rights Campaign and do a lot of work within that position around political advocacy. And I'm happy to be here. Great. Oh, my gosh. Great to have you both on. Both of you are trailblazers, for sure. My gosh. Okay, so let's get us started. What does LGBTQ plus representative representation in the media, why does that matter? Denise, start us off with that. Why does it matter? 
Okay. LGBTQ plus representation in the media matters for several reasons. One is that it provides validation and support if it's accurate representation. There may be more LGBTQ plus characters than ever before, but it's still common that queerness is not authentically shown in movies mm. or on television. Stereotypes are quite common. And however, seeing accurate representations of LGBTQ plus characters in conflicts on screen, it reduces isolation for LGBTQ plus people. It provides validation and support, especially for youth of yeah. marginalized groups. And it can also be a way for communities and families to better understand the experiences of LGBTQ plus people in their own lives. In addition, it can have positive effects on mental health with mm. accurate representation. Prejudice against the LGBTQ plus community can have terrible effects, especially on queer youth. And in a 2021 national survey by the Trevor Project, which is a crisis prevention organization for the LGBTQ plus community, they reported that 42% of LGBTQ plus youth seriously considered attempting suicide in the past year. And 94% stated that recent politics had negatively affected their mental health in the United States alone. And that was in 2022. Yeah. 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 You're spot on with that. Melanie, anything you'd like to add to that or your views on representation? Yes. Like Denise, it is so important to LGBTQIA people to see themselves accurately represented on in all of the media. And I'm including television, movies, print media, radio. I can remember in, I think it was somewhere around 1997 or eight, when Ellen came out, what a, what a big event that was. And I can remember thinking then, wow, what, how is, what will be the ripple effects of this? And of course the short-term ripple effects, as many people know, was that Ellen did not get work for many years. Right. Right. Um, However, I think the long-term effects were positive. In fact, Mm -hmm. Shortly after that, Will and Grace came out. And I think Will and Grace was probably the first really major network program that began to help people in this country see LGBTQIA people as living lives other than often the stereotype of them being all about sex. And I think I've not seen statistics on that, but my sense is that many people, straight and allies, were able to really recognize that we're whole people, right? And it's continued. The statistics from GLAAD show a continuing increase in television, movies, series on television, that TQIA characters are increasing. For instance, Mm -hmm. there was an increase from 2021 to 2022, over 2021, of 2.8% additional characters. And I think for many of us, 
if you t watch television, even at a moderate level, turn on a program like Grey's Anatomy or mm -hmm. some of the Chicago Fire, any, any of those mm -hmm. network oh, yeah, television yeah. programs, representation there. And I think that the representation is largely good. I think that my observation, and it bears out in the st statistics from GLAD, is that the transgender community, transgender population is still lagging well behind mm -hmm. representation. There's increases, but still lagging well behind portrayals. So it's generally a good thing. I don't want to go on and on. Got you. We're moving in a better direction for sure. Yes. I know I also identify as a lesbian and way back when I was first coming out, probably early nineties, then to now it's great to see so much representation. It's amazing. I'm glad the generation coming up now, it's just out there and it's great to see. I felt like even with Ellen, when she first came out, I felt like we all knew she was gay. It was like our own hidden secret. Like we'd all, ah, she's gay. Then for her to actually come out, it was like just huge. But you're right in what you're saying, Melanie, is that unfortunately her career tanked for a hot minute there, longer than a hot minute, but. Yeah. And I think with Ellen, when she then got her show, the Ellen show, the trajectory started to go way up. It was the tanking after the coming out. And then her show began to, to really have a positive effect. Just anecdotally, my now 92 year old mother-in-law, very Catholic, very traditional, loved Ellen, watched her religiously. And I know that her views were changed mm -hmm. as a result of that. Great. And we have Ellen to thank for that. So that's, it's amazing that we, she was able to switch some people, not all people, but some people's point of view, for sure. Shifting gears to looking at the portrayals of queer individuals in the media. Let's start with looking at some examples of positive portrayals in the media. So Denise, kick us off with that. What are some of, in your view, some positive portrayals? Yeah, I think there are several important ones to discuss, especially historically. Back in 1977, the TV show Soap. Um, yeah, let's go way back. And I had a character, Jody Dallas, portrayed by Billy Crystal, was one of the characters based on the hilarity, hilarity of, of soap operas, daytime soap operas, but this was a night, nighttime weekly soap opera. And, and it was meant to be a comedy, too. I, yes. It wasn't definitely. like a serious soap opera. Kind of like, a, Yeah. And the gay man, Jody, was a television commercial director in his 20s, and he's in love with a pro football player who is also gay, but deep in the closet. And he eventually turned his back on him out of fear of exposure. But I think it's very important because it's one of the very first gay characters on TV, which provided acknowledgement to family living rooms everywhere that gay people exist, one, as well as their struggles they faced with coming out. Another example would be in 1983, All My Children had a character, a psych lesbian psychiatrist named Lynn Carson, who mm. was portrayed by, cast by Donna Pascal. And this was the first time that a daytime drama had ever featured a gay storyline. 
And I think lesbians finally felt there was a character that fit them. However, the storyline received a lot of negative backlash and it was quickly canceled. Ah, was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was going to mention the Ellen TV series. We're talking about that. Right. The L word. Oh, Um, yeah. Got it. Maybe uh stay right there. And the, the original one aired from 2004 to 2009, depicted a group of lesbians living in California, touched on a variety of topics, including persecution, gender identity, romantic relationships. It provided new insight into the lives of LGBTQ people, and it had never been seen before, had really garnered a huge following. Yeah, I know. That was huge. It makes me think, because that was a Showtime show. Showtime did another previous, it was called Queer as Folk. I don't know if you guys remember that. That was a little bit preceding the L word. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. you just made me think of that right now, Denise. Yeah. Yeah. Both really great shows. Yes. And then 10 years later, there was a sequel Mm -hmm. to the L word, Generation Q. And that's from 2019 to 2023. And that portrayed even more diversity within the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And I was going to mention the will and grace, gay folks just being human. It it sent the message that this isn't a group of people that you have to fear or that you need to treat unfairly. Yes, I think I think if I can jump in, I think it's the advantage of the media portrayals is the normalization Mm -hmm. of TQIA people being people, being integrated into the fabric of the world, of the country, of your neighborhood. And I think it probably caused people to look around, both gay people to be more prone to taking that step of coming out, as well as straight people looking around to see maybe there were gay people. And by gay, mm-hmm. I'm using that, the, right. using it to represent the whole acronym. And it's this consciousness raising that has happened. And there, there have been negative portrayals also. But I think by and large, they have been positive, perhaps not always totally realistic. Like for instance, the L word, which I love backlash that original one. These beautiful people in LA and the setting, the background was bucolic, but, but still they were portrayals of them as real people. That's the key. Just, I think through the years, and we'll talk a little bit more about how the media of the representation of queer individuals has changed. I think a lot of it falling on tropes and stereotypes. And then I think with, with shows like the L word and one of the things that I really enjoyed in the early nineties, there, there was a really big blast of just queer cinema. We saw a lot of independent films yes. just setting queer cinema. And I think it's just a normalization, like Denise and Melanie, you're both saying. Yeah. Yeah, they recently had the Cleveland International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And I want to say about 15% of the films were had some variation of theme around LGBTQIA people. And I'm sure that's the same with the various film festivals that are going on, these new and unique movies that are coming out. 
Melanie, any other specific shows or movies that you want to say that portray positive views? I think I, I mentioned some of the network programs, the more recent ones. For instance, who's not a Grey's Anatomy fan? And Grey's Anatomy portrayed lesbian characters probably in their first or second year of being a network. It might've been their first. And Shonda Rhimes has done a terrific job of portraying characters throughout her productions. A more recent one is called Queen Charlotte, which is part of the Bridgerton. Right. Uh, I don't know what they call it, but the topic, the Bridgerton kind of format. And she has written in gay characters there. And this is in Victorian England. It's it's good to see. And when you look at it from a perspective, I think young people under 30 uh, aren't able, may not be able to really appreciate what it was like in 1990, right. for instance, right. and the absence of these portrayals. So it's nice to watch if you're a little older and have been yeah. sitting in the viewing chair for a period of time. I will say, and I don't want to take too much of a right turn here, but if you look at the political influence mm -hmm. of the media and pay attention to that, I think that's something that we need to be really aware of. For instance, look at the difference between watching Fox News or Fox the Fox mm. channel in general, okay. as opposed to a network channel like ABC, NBC, CBS, print media. Mm. Print media has a pretty broad chasm between the Washington Post or the New York Times and New York Magazine and the Wall Street Journal. And unfortunately, we see stories either picked up or not picked up based on the particular perspective of that mm. print media. Radio, there are some very unfortunate portrayals of LGBTQIA people on a certain radio programs. And if someone is consuming those particular radio, newsprint, even television, that effect is going to be the reverse, what the effect is of the characters and the shows and the progression we've been talking about. So I think that's important yeah. to, to yeah, pay attention point. to. Yeah, that it is, because it definitely influences portrayals for sure. Yes. Let me just so just a few more positive portrayals, and then we're going to go to some of the negative ones. But Looking at trans characters, so Orange is New Black, that's where Laverne Cox played Sophia Brissett. That was huge, uh -huh. prominent trans character there. And then I believe it's on Netflix, there's a documentary of, called Disclosure, which covers like the history of trans characters as well. The show Euphoria, uh -huh. there was just an openly trans character, Jules Vaughn, played by Hunter Schaefer really complex developed character and she's not just defined by her trans identity but this whole thing doesn't just focus around her being trans so I know I really appreciate that and one other kind of shout out to the show it's called Billions 
And it's one of the few shows that we actually see a non-binary character. The character's named Taylor, and that's played by Asia Kate Dillon. And that's another portrayal that's just not all focusing just on that the character is non-binary. So I think that's really important that we're looking at trans and non-binary as well. So shifting gears, let's look at some negative portrayals. Denise, what you got for us? Okay. One is a staple from the 90s, the show, the TV show Friends. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is a beloved comedy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't um, think of but that, yeah. the sexuality of Ross Geller's character, his ex wife, actually, mm-hmm. was a lesbian, but it was portrayed as a running gag. Yeah. At his expense. Very true. Uh-huh. Very true. And that wasn't a very positive portrayal. Also, the film, I believe it's pronounced Geegly. In 2003, with Jennifer Lopez portraying Ricky, oh, is that a lesbian? G- oh God, that! Oh, I remember that. I forgot about that, Denise. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. Keep going, yeah. keep going. Oh my gosh, Jennifer Lopez portrays Ricky, who's a lesbian who falls for Ben <laughs> Affleck's male character. Um, okay. And all that movie really did was reinforce negative and incorrect stereotypes about lesbians just needing to quote unquote find the right man. Gosh. Another negative stereotype, actually, the Silence of the Lambs. That was the one yeah. I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, go. Yeah. So it's an example of some supposed violent tendencies employed by the transgender community. The serial killer known as Buffalo Bill, who, after being denied a sex change operation, hunts down and skins yeah. plus-sized women yeah. to create a new female body for himself. So that was just horrific portrayal and then the last one i have here is ace ventura the pet detective with jim carrey yeah and in the movie carries ventura ace ventura kisses a character by the name of lois einhorn who later turns out to be ray finkel which reveals lois as a trans woman Mm. and then after ventura learns of this revelation he heads to the bathroom and wretches and throws up continuously. Thank you, Denise. What about you, Melanie? I am thinking of two men and a boy who's one of the characters' wives supposedly left them because she was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And there was that was that that situation was the brunt of a lot of humor and then Later on, she decided that she was not a lesbian and that turned around the situation. And Denise said the character in Silence of the Lambs was, and that movie was such a popular movie and it was so entrenched in the psychological culture at the time. And I think that was a really, that, that idea of, anger and violence and really terrible violence the idea of skinning another person so yeah they certainly there certainly have been many i'm gonna add the crying game do you remember the crying game way back i was like i don't want to do spoiler alert but i think we find at the very end of the movie it was just so controversial that the one of the main characters is trans and it was just like seen as so oh my gosh yeah. yeah. There was a book and we haven't mentioned books. And I no. think that media, our intent is to look more at 
programs, visual media, but there was a book in the early 90s called Whose Child Cries? And it was about the terrible repercussions of children who had gay parents, lesbian or gay parents. And I remember reading it at the time. I have four children and reading it at the time, thinking, are their lives going to be this? Are they going to turn out this, their lives this negatively? So those negative, negative effects are definitely there. Oh my gosh, I agree. So how do you both feel the portrayals of LGBTQ individuals in the media has changed over time? One example, if I can. Yeah, Denise, go ahead. Is again, the daytime soap opera, All My Children, which made a huge turnaround in 2000 by showing the first same-sex marriage in daytime history. And Eden Rigel, who played Erica Kane's daughter, Bianca, who is a lesbian. And the writers actually worked with GLAAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, to create the storyline and provide some accurate representation. And this time, fans of the soap opera embraced the lesbian couple and their subsequent wedding. And then Do you we remember what year that was, Denise? In 2000. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then we had mentioned Ellen coming right. back and being a success. Another specific one that I'd like to mention is the new Fantasy Island reboot. Oh, yes. That's a good show. Yeah. Which in 2021 to 2023 has a positive lesbian character, Ruby. She is a 75 year old black woman with a terminal illness who comes to the island seeking her fantasy to be whom she could not be during her life as a lesbian. In her life, she had gotten married to a man and had three children as expected by society. Mm. Yet on the island, she's a 20 year old black woman who explores her lesbian self. And at the end of her trip, she remains on the island as her younger self and works there as the director's assistant and helping the guests. Yeah. So in general, yes, they are more accurate depictions of lesbian and gay men specifically, but of course there's a lot more work to be done, especially with the other letters of the LGBTQIA plus acronym. And I agree. I think we're just seeing a lot more just LGBTQ characters in most recent times, as well as more queer LGBTQ people of color and representing disabilities as well, which is so important. Melanie, what do you think? I generally agree. I think that that representation may have the tendency to swing a bit like a pendulum from negative to positive and then see a bit more negative, especially like I was saying a few minutes ago around certain kinds of media that may be aimed at or carry opinions that tend to castigate the LGBTQIA community. But I think in general, it's, it continues to move up I'm thinking of a character, a non-binary character on Grey's Anatomy. She might be able to tell I'm a great Shonda Rhimes <laughs> fan. That is a non-binary physician, research physician, who falls in love with a, a straight physician, surgeon on the show. 
and it, I found it to be very positively represented and I think pretty, pretty accurately represented. I think about RuPaul's Drag Race right, in right. terms of drag queens and the reception that that has had and the long run time, I think it's probably been six or seven years that it's been running now. Yeah. So yes, I think that in general, and I think where people like Ellen and the Will and Grace show focused on LG people, I think that the BTQIA is lagging behind, but it's inching forward. If that makes sense. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My gosh. Okay. So what can the media do to improve its portrayal of queer individuals? Denise, what do you think? For one, provide accurate representation of LGBTQ plus characters and remove the negative stereotypes, which can foster greater self-acceptance and cultural acceptance. Also include a much wider range of identities to Mm. span sexual orientation, gender identity, and expression. And particularly because there are increasing numbers of people, particularly youth, who identify as such. And then also cast characters who identify as LGBTQIA+, to portray these characters. Yes. That creates more authenticity. Yes, I agree. Melanie, anything you'd like to add Absolutely. to that? Absolutely. Ditto, Denise. Ditto. And I think being paying attention to the aspect of the transgender and the non-binary, increasing the visibility of that. And I can't I can't reinforce enough the idea of using actual non-LGBTQIA characters to play those roles on the very yes, shows. Yes, I agree. My gosh, Denise, Melly, thank you. This has been an amazing conversation, an important conversation. Appreciate both your time. Thank you so much you. for having us. Thank you. Welcome. It's fun. I'd also like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Juliana Witten, and Chris Kelman. Take care, everyone. 